Thank you so much. All right, it's good to have folks back with us. And uh, we've had a great day, as I said. Now, mark some things down. Uh, two weeks from yesterday, which will be a week from next Saturday, at 3 o'clock, we want to all tune in. Bible Institute, we're in our fourth year of Genesis. You can trust your King James Bible to be true. We'll be looking at the life of Joseph and making application from the book of Genesis. I hope that you'll join us. It's Bible Institute, session 1701. Everybody plan to be part of that. It's absolutely free. There are no tests. Everybody, come on, there are no charges. I tell you, that's the kind of school to go to. I like that. All right, Saturday, September the 10th, 3 to 6 p.m. I'm excited. We're getting everybody all fired up about that. Now, coming up this week, We've got some great things going on. Be on uh, the, uh, the YouTube station and, uh, and uh, let's follow uh, the daily devotions and all of the, the brief clips that are going to go up. And how many hits altogether did that one get today? 12.8 thousand. Praise God. That's a lot of exposure. And hopefully as we get more and more of those clips, we're going to get more subscriptions, more and more people getting online with us. Praise the Lord and discovering the truth. All right, Wednesday night, we've got uh, Bible study. We're going to be going verse by verse as we continue through 1 Corinthians. Don't miss out. And then Saturday, 9 a.m., cleaning, 10 a.m., visitation. All right, visitation. Want to get some tracks, want to get some packets of material on some doors, want to speak to a lot of people. And starting next Saturday, we have a three-Saturday, 15-day emphasis. How many gospel tracks can we get into the hands of people? How many door hangers can we get on doors? How many folks can we share the gospel with? How many people can we get involved in this? want you to see Brother Tyler about this, and uh, let's make sure we set some goals and we reach those goals that we might reach some souls. Praise the Lord. All right, today I want to be able to give an extra special offering to the Briones Ministry Rent in the Philippines. We want to help support them along with the other works and uh, starting next week, we're going to be working on our end of our year uh, projects. Oh, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be great. So praise the Lord. It is good to be in the house of the Lord. We have just mentioned perhaps the most important discipline of the Christian life. It doesn't save us. It doesn't keep us saved. We know that we come to God and we call upon the name of the Lord and we get born again by receiving the free gift of eternal life. We understand that salvation is a gift from God. Amen? You understand that? All right. And we have to call upon the name of the Lord. Romans chapter 10, verses 9, 10, and 13 tell us that very truth. So we, we know that that's how we initially come to God. We come to God through Christ. We get saved. But after that, the most important discipline in the Christian life, I believe, is this discipline of prayer. It has been likened to breathing. How important is your breathing, huh? Important to keep that air flowing, right? Important to keep on getting that into the lungs and breathing. Well, prayer is like breathing spiritually. And we want to be in constant contact with the Lord. Prayer is so important, and yet perhaps it is one of the most neglected parts of the Christian life. Shame on us for not praying more. You remember when Jesus Christ was in the Garden of Gethsemane, before He gave His life, died on the cross on Calvary, but He was in a garden with His disciples. 
And uh, he said that he was going to go a little further and pray. And he wanted them to watch with him and pray one hour. And he found them sleeping several times. And he said, could you not watch with me one hour? They slept. And because they were snoozing instead of praying, instead of, instead of being in a spirit of prayer and, and in contact with the Lord, when their hour of trial came, guess what happened? They all forsook Jesus Christ. They ran away. They fled. And Peter followed afar off, and he denied the Lord three times. It has been wisely pointed out that if Peter had been praying instead of what he was doing, he wouldn't be straying. And we need to be praying. We need to be in prayer. We need to be in, in a, this attitude of prayer and pray without ceasing. That means don't stop praying. We want to continue to pray. What is prayer? Prayer is talking to God. That's opening up our heart. And uh, when when David was troubled, what did he say? He said, Lord, I'm troubled. When he was distressed, what did he say? I'm distressed. When, when he was lonely, what did he say? He said, Lord, I'm lonely. You can tell God what's in your heart and life. You can tell God what you're feeling. God understands, and the reason he understands is God in the form of man, Jesus Christ came down and he experienced everything that we experienced without sin. He, he went through everything. He, he felt loneliness. He felt sorrow. He felt anguish. He felt uh, disenfranchisement. He came unto his own, that is his family, and his own received him not. He came unto his own, his nation. His nation received him not. The people who should have been there were not there for him. And yet, Jesus Christ experiencing all of that for us is our sacrifice. He is our substitute. Jesus understands what you're going through. That's why we come to Him and we pray. And we say, Lord, I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling blue. I'm feeling down. I'm uh, having a difficult time. And God understands. Now, He's not, he's not like some people that when, when you're not up to par, they just, they just browbeat you. They'll just brow, they'll say, what? What? Come on. Stand up. Be a man. Be tough. Tough it out. Tough it out. That's not the way the Lord is. Because Jesus Christ has gone through it for you and for me. Prayer is one of the greatest tools for good and godliness, for your spiritual growth, for going on and serving the Lord. Last uh, Thursday, we spoke uh, over at Fellowship House. Had a wonderful time. Had the largest group since before COVID. The largest group. Had a huge group there. And they were in a good mood. Might have been the donuts, but I think it was they just like to get together and have the Bible study. It was good. It was really good. And I spoke on the subject of growing, glowing, and going. And that's what we need to be. Growing in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We need to be lights in this dark world. And so let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. That's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter number 5. And then, then we need to be going. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Give the good news that Jesus came, took our place, paid our sin debt, wants to come into our life, make us brand new from the inside out. That's wonderful. So we need to be growing, glowing, and going. But that's only going to happen if we're prayed up, if we're prayed up, we need to pray up. We need to be current in our prayer life. 
And how long has it been since you really, really, really talked with the Lord? How long has it been since you really meant business in your prayer life? How long has it been since you shed tears for lost family members and relatives and, and uh, uh, neighbors and co-workers? How long has it been since you really, really, really got right with God down there on your knees? This is a great responsibility. We don't want to neglect it. And so we don't need, we don't have a book of prayers. There's not a book written down for Bible believers to pray. Now, I know some religions that call themselves Christian have a book of prayers, a book of common prayers. And if you've ever been in one of those churches, you, you wonder if it ever gets past the plaster. And the reason is because it is so, so uh, staid and uh, so scripted, so scripted. I love the spontaneous prayers of people who are right with God. It just flows forth out of their heart. Praise the Lord. We've told you about Dr. Clyde Kendall, who has now been in heaven these several years. He was a great preacher. He was a hard preacher, hard Baptist preacher. But when he would come time for him to pray, he would long silence and he would groan in the spirit. And then he would, I mean, he would call out to God. And you knew that man was getting a hold of the horns of the altar. I mean, he was, he was right there. I'll never forget Glenn Lewis. Glenn Lewis was bus director in a church uh, down in uh, George, South Georgia. We went to work with my brother for one year when he was in a transition. And, uh, and we started up the bus ministry. Got four buses all at once. Can you imagine that, Tom? Four buses all at once. In a, in a deep south church, I mean, four buses, ran those buses, and, and they're bringing in all kinds of kids and people coming in, and the teachers are, what are we going to do? We've never taught more than five kids. How do we do this? And don't sweat it. So we started a unified service in the fellowship hall during Sunday school. Had all those kids in there. And uh, we, got, we trained some couples to work with us. And so we'd have 100, 150 bus riders in there, and we'd have, we'd have bus Sunday school. And we'd, I mean, we'd give them the gospel. It was wonderful. Well, Glenn, Glenn Lewis, hey, he kept those buses rolling, and he was ramrod straight, old southern gentleman, and he could really pray. And uh, he'd, he'd be, for example, pray before the, the message and... and um, or after the message, he'd be called on to pray publicly. And he'd stand up and he'd pray out loud. You could hear him all through the building, no problem. But he really, really prayed from his heart. And he prayed with gusto. And he would use metaphors and euphemisms that I didn't understand. But I know God did. God understood. And that's the important thing. God understood what he was saying. And uh, one time after I prayed, he was called on to close in prayer. And he said, Dear Heavenly Father, Thank you so much to Brother Brad. Put the bucket in the well tonight. Now, what does that mean? I think it was good. I'm not sure. He put the bucket in the well. So, amen. When you pray, you just talk to God. That's it. You just talk to God. You pour out your heart. You just tell Him what you're thinking. You just tell Him what you're feeling. You ask Him. According to His will, obviously. We don't have a book of prayers. We pray from the heart. Amen. And we can come into His presence. There are three conditions. I want you to put it down. Three conditions. If we ask and He shall receive, uh, seek and He shall knock. 
uh, and uh, we, we, we knock on the door and he opens the door. All right, here it is. Three conditions of powerful prayer. And uh, here it is. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. It says in John 14, 14. So we have to ask in whose name? In Jesus' name. It's like we're coming by the authority of Jesus. It's not just the recipe of saying in Jesus' name, but we're coming in Jesus' name. We're coming by His authority. He wants us to come into His presence. And then, and then we must remember to pray according to God's Word. We want to be in the Word of God so we understand that what we're praying is a Bible-based prayer. It's not contrary to the Bible. For example, if I prayed and I said, Lord, now I want you to empty out hell. I'd like you to, to take all those people that are in hell that have rejected Christ and died and gone to a devil's hell. I want you to empty that out and bring them all to heaven unconverted as they are. Now that's not a godly prayer. That's contrary to Scripture. You and I know it is appointed unto man once to die. And after this, the judgment. You know what that means? That means if you die without Jesus Christ, there is a hell. We want to shun that hell. We don't want to go to that hell. But if we don't receive Jesus Christ, that's the only alternative. And so it's wrong for us to pray, Lord, empty out hell, because hell is reserved for the devil and his angels and for those that reject Jesus Christ. So we need to pray according to the Bible. And we need to pray according to God's revealed will. Now we find that in the Word of God, of course. And uh, as we have been living now this length of time and looking to God and asking God, we know, we, have, we understand God's pattern. We understand how God works according to His Word, how He answers prayers, and we need to be praying according to His will. So if you know God's will according to the Word of God, you pray according to His will. You say, Lord... We know that you're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. We want folks to get saved on this side. We want them to receive Christ on this side. That's how important this is. There's a little thing that's been started in the last half century. It's called 911. 911. We know this. If you're having an emergency, you hit 911. Now, when you hit 911, automatically, automatically, there is a, there's an operator... And they're going to be connected to all of the emergency services. The police are going to know about this call. Fire department, EMTs, anybody else that needs to come your direction. If you need a SWAT team, they'll, they'll be on the line. So 911 will immediately put you in touch. Now let's suppose that you're having some kind of a heart event or a stroke and you can't speak, but you have enough presence of mind to get to the phone and you go 911. With today's technology, they're going to find you. They're going to come to where you are. When you and I may be in a state that we don't know what to pray exactly or how to pray exactly, when we come to God through Jesus Christ, we come in Jesus' name and we want, and God knows our heart that we want to pray according to the Bible and we want to pray according to His will. When we hit 911, the Spirit makes intercession and we are able to get through to God Almighty even when we don't have it all down exactly, even when.